Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Empire. Thoughts you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, and Will T, the homie Ray Jeezy's out. And we are also part of Amp Pirate Media at amppiratemedia.com. What's going on, Will T? Nothing much, man. Everything's good. Just coming off of the high of watching the Super Bowl. You know, um, no more football. But, you know, I'll be all right because, you know, my true love and passion is the NBA. So I know, right? Well, we can jump right in the NBA now. But, yeah, the Super Bowl was dope, man. Uh, and we'll talk about it later on the halftime show in detail. But, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole Super Bowl, to be honest with you, in terms of the whole the, the optics of it. Um, but, yeah, an exciting game. And then it was Valentine's Day for folks out there listening. You know what I mean? I hope everybody enjoyed their Valentine's Day on Monday, which was kind of different, right? Having the Super Bowl like on Valentine's Day weekend. Just another day Monday for me. To all of those lovebirds out there who have someone special, I can understand how it was more than just a day for you. I guess for me, it's relatively new, man. I spent it with my significant other. And oh wow! Okay. Yeah, man. So I was at the Wizards game on Saturday. Um, was out Friday. Um, I didn't do Monday. You know, Monday because you know folks had to work and whatnot. But um, and I had no, it's because you're cheap. you're cheap. No, not dude. No, I'm not. I I spent some I spent the bag on Friday and and, and Friday and Saturday. You know what I mean? Okay. I was a good right. boyfriend, bro. You know, I'm using okay. African cheap. You're right. You know, that, that's key with a buck. <laughs> let's not lie now. Let's not, like, lie the story. No, I'm not li- I'm not changing the narrative of the story of Wole or Wally, whatever you want to call me. I'm not changing the narrative on me. I'm saying, like, to your point, Will T, if you know me a while, like, don't like spending a lot of money. I don't. It's a fact. <laughs> a little stingy at times. I like to think that I have common sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's frugality. You just you save money for the big dream. That's all it is. Exactly. Hey, all it is. you say that. I just say that I'm being smart with my money. You know, that's all. That's all. But yeah, I enjoyed myself. We had a good time. So it was what it was. But I'm with you in terms of normally Valentine's Day. I mean, Valentine's Day to me is still a hustle. I ain't, I ain't changing. It's a hustle. But if somebody, if it's important to somebody, I'm all about, you know, supporting the individual Absolutely, who's important man. to. So. It is what it is, man. But yeah, man, it was the. I mean, it was a lot, man. A lot of a lot of fun, a lot of alcohol, um, and stuff. I drank a lot. I ate too, man. I ate like a beast too. I'm trying to drop some weight, you know what I'm saying? Like some extra, cause I ate like you know I ate some stuff I normally don't eat anymore. But hey, man, I tell that's why I tell people all the time, man. <laughs> forget the January New Year's resolution. Uh-huh. You're going to eat like crap. Facts. Up into the Super Bowl. Yep. Then after the Super Bowl, that's where it's at. Then that's when you do your thing, bro. You know what? You're telling some real stuff right now. 
some real stuff. After the Super Bowl is where it's at, though. It is, dog. It ain't that January you stuff. Think, uh-huh. You got to think about it. You got the – I know we're getting off topic. No, go ahead, bro. Um, we're here. The, the playoff weekend, NFL playoff weekend. Uh-huh. You got um, – then you have the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And then, you know – some people like to go out of town towards the All-Star game. Yeah. You know? So depending on when the All-Star game hits, you know, bro, you, things you got to prioritize. Bro, you preaching, man. You just you keeping in the buck. That's what it is, though. Like, that's just what, how how it works. Like, you're right. After February, it's where it's at. Because even the Super Bowl, like, the Super Bowl is another day of real grubbing. Like, you're not going to deprive yourself during the Super Bowl, right? Like, no, you're going to, it's either you're going to do some, whatever, you're going whatever you like. Or you fancy you gonna go you gonna go all in into that joint? Absolutely, I know I went all in on Sunday. (laughs) I know that's right. Shoot, I had some buffalo. I made some buffalo turkey wings. Them things were on point. Had some. I had some. some, Yeah, bro. Man, maybe some two big like jumbo buffalo turkey wings. Put that. You know, made some sauce. You know, I used some no sweet, but the sweet baby, but whatever. Buffalo sauce. You don't give out no free, no free, no free. You facts, facts, dog. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna talk about the brand. Some buffalo sauce, some barbecue sauce mixed into the joint. It was, it was on point. You know what I mean? I, I tore that thing up. Then I got some creamy Italian from the grocery store because I did find that joint. It's not like Jasper's cream, creamy Italian, but it's good enough. It does, it does the job. <laughs> I get, I get it, I get it. You know what I'm it does the job. But hey, uh, Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows such as the John Con Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team. I said it's not Washington football team anymore. ESPN Washington, Washington Commanders Commander. insider John Kime and Jones football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Also, um, check us out. Follow our um, Urban Sports Scene IG page as well. Uh, this uh, show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene, at Urban Sports Scene at Instagram, and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. All right. Uh, also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search urban sports scene sports bloggers sports podcasters and sports state and sports debates we'll see let's get into our tradition the pregame baby <laughs> here's what we have on tap we'll talk about daniel snyder possibly losing ownership of the washington commanders at 820 we'll talk about the wizards acquiring Kristaps Kristaps porzingis and finally, we'll talk about the Rams winning Super Bowl 56. All right. It was reported that, that NFL owners are leaning towards stripping owners ownership from Washington Commanders owner Daniel Snyder. Thoughts, Wilty? Um, today was a, is a milestone day. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know if, if anyone's kind of been keeping up with everything that's going on after um, the name change in, in the in the, in the um, uniform reveal but Uh today was the day that congress requested requested information from daniel snyder regarding the case regarding the new tiffany johnson accusation right Uh and to my knowledge he did not turn over those documents willfully now congress 
has the right and the power to subpoena people. Um, so will the will Congress subpoena Daniel Snyder? Will Congress subpoena um, Roger Goodell? Will that will um, Congress subpoena Beth Wilkinson? Yeah. In attempts to get the information and to get everything out in the open that they want from Daniel Snyder. Now I say if this if that happens and Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell have to go in front of Congress and testify, mm-hmm. I can assure you that is not the heat. I can assure I can assure I can I'm not one hundred percent sure certain. Yeah. But it is close this is a, is about as close to a sure thing that you will start to see the tide turn against Daniel Snyder and there will start to be louder whispers mm-hmm. about the other 31 owners just saying that this is bad for business. Because one thing you can't have is one thing is one thing for you to discriminate against African American coaches, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's one section. That's one large section of minority of your fan base. Yeah. But women also can't have both. And the easier one to fix. Yeah. yeah. Is definitely get rid of Dan Snyder. Of course, of course. I think that. I agree with you. Um, to me, I think that it it doesn't it won't even get it gets to the point where if it's it's a it's a problem to a point it will get to a point where if they have to like like you like you said subpoena Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell they're gonna already they're gonna already take action right before it gets to that point if they feel that's the vibe right they're going to take mm-hmm. action early um, and so in that case you know like that like I've said said before the ownership the owners are like they're a mafia so they ain't going no one's going to hurt the shield of, of their of their brand you know what I mean of ownership like no one's going to hurt that. In terms of how they are being portrayed, like you mentioned, like you have what's going on with African American coaches, and then add on to how Daniel Snyder, I mean his organization, what his representation is within the Washington Commanders, how this organization has has looked upon in terms of the the um the reports about how they've been you know um, disrespecting women and sexual harassment and all all of that stuff. So if it gets to that point, yeah, then I agree with you. I totally agree that the the that he will likely lose ownership of this team. I have a big issue with the NFL as a whole and ownership. I mean, just with owners, period. Um, and because you, what you just mentioned, because this what's really been annoying me of late. It has nothing to actually it has nothing to do with Daniel Snyder, and it, it's in conjunction too, though. But I'm really annoyed about how people are kind of like sweeping under what's going on with minority coaches. Like I, I'm really starting to get annoyed by it. I didn't think it was going to bother me as much, but it has. Um, just because of what's going, I feel like people ain't putting up the heat. This is what's going on with, because I guess because I like Brian Flores a lot. Like I do like Brian Flores a lot. Um, I would like the same energy put into these owners. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Because because he's gonna he's really being like he's being blackballed for real now. Because he's putting a lawsuit, and you see it. It's obvious. And just and no knock on the dudes that were hired. And this is and they're all and these are and some of these dudes are black dudes, right? Like I like Lovey mm-hmm. Smith. I'm not going. To, I like Lovey Smith, but typically, right when we're looking for a head coach, and Lovey Smith, Smith, his his last few years as a head coach wasn't the best, right? It wasn't the best as yep. a head coach, right? Mm-hmm. You got a black head coach who has shown you nothing but but winning, and he's young, and the Texans had an opportunity to get him, but you go with Lovey, and no, no knock on Lovey again, no knock on Lovey because Lovey has been to the Super Bowl, right? So, and I think Lovey's a good coach, and I do want Lovey to get the 
get all the shine and get all the flowers he can get. And I, I'm glad he's got another opportunity. But I do see, like, you know what? Like, I feel like, hey, we're going to give it to Lovey. This, we'll give him this job, and we're going to avoid the other dude because of a certain reason. And even what's going on, and we're going on in Miami with the other coach. I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I want that same energy for, for everything because I just want because I think ownership in the NFL is a bunch of you know what. I'll take it a step further. Uh-huh. Um, where was Lovey Smith at last year? Was he with the Texans? He was with the Texans. Yes. Who was the coach last year? The other, the, um, what's his name? Um, David Cutler. Yeah, Cutler. Yeah. Who was ceremoniously let go after one season. And who wasn't? Who so did, let's look at it. Yeah, go ahead. So let's look at it this way. So David Cully, probably out of over, probably exceeded expectations given yes. that what he had to Deshaun deal with. Watson was the coach. Yes. Wasn't, wasn't, was, was, did not suit up in place of that, Agreed. that organization. Agreed. David Cully was a first-time head coach. Uh-huh. Had a untenable... Um, uh, unlikely uh, a situation where he was, let's be let's be honest, where he wasn't given the best opportunity to be successful. For one, because you know, starting from the first day of, of training camp, he had to go out there and answer about the Deshaun Watson yep. situation, and it seemed as if, as an organization, you were hearing, depending on who you talked to, you were hearing two or three different things. So uh-huh. that's one. Deshaun Watson not suiting up, but still he went out and I think they won what four or five games. Right, and competed and they, competed, man, and competed. With a rookie quarterback and won with a rookie quarterback, <laughs> a third round rookie quarterback who wasn't that highly touted. Yeah, but but they got very good above. They got above average production from him. Uh huh. So for you, for Lovey Smith to kind of take that job. Oh, you know, got you. You know what's it? You know what you time it there is. There and you see kind of what 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 went on. Good point. It makes me question. Um, not question. I'm not going to question Lovey Lovey Smith's um motives. But yeah. It just goes to. I'll, I'll put it this way. It goes to show you just how coveted. I had a, I had a coaching those job. jobs are. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Because there's only 32 of them, and if you were in the building and you saw that. And, like, I, I don't know certain particulars, but uh-huh. from the outside looking in, it didn't seem as if David Cully was put in the best position to win uh-huh. long term. And you still take that job, you know, kind of what's that saying about, you know, um, about loving. coaches in general? Oh, just no, not, not coach, but coaches in general, and just that their desire to have that top spot. In one of those thirty-two jobs. So I, I do have a question. We're going back to Snyder. So say Snyder loses the ownership of the squad. So what does that mean for Dak for Ron Rivera? Like that's a whole new ownership, a whole new team. What does that mean for Jason Wright? The, the you know as well, president. I, I guess you know uh, if he's forced to sell. Yeah. You know, there's one or two things that happen. Uh-huh. There's either a the league would um, the league would help. Daniel Snyder find a potential seller, someone who they like, who they know that they can get 24, that the owners would get 24 out of the 32 owners to approve a sale to. Or the NFL could just say, look, you're so bad for business, we're going to buy you out at a premium. And the NFL will own the league, will own the Washington Commanders until they find a suitable owner. So I guess if the NFL were to own the team, 
you will probably see Jason Wright. You will probably see Ron Rivera. Those guys stay in place until a um a owner is found. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder, like for fan, for Washington fans, they like they like. It depends. I'm always interested in how fans are if they like Ron Rivera, but they hate Daniel Snyder. And it's like, okay, if they get a new owner, like say for instance, a lot of fans are throwing out throwing out the name Jeff Bezos, right? They throwing out mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos. So say Bezos owns the team and doesn't want that. Doesn't want Ron Rivera. Like, how does that or or and Jason Wright? You know, because they've become two figureheads in this fan base that people well, admire. If the the owner doesn't want them, how do fans react to the new owner? Well, I, I can pretty with the heat that the NFL is getting about minorities mm-hmm. and um, ownership positions, front office positions, coaching positions. I'm pretty sure that when the owners or Roger Goodell, when Roger Goodell and the owners bet the yeah. a new incoming owner, they would say, what are your thoughts on Jason Wright? Uh-huh. And they would probably lobby to have him in place for a few more years. Uh-huh. And say, hey, why don't you see what this guy can do for you in this franchise as you're starting to, you know, learn more about the learn the ropes of the NFL uh-huh. and being an NFL owner, right? So I'm pretty sure they would possibly lobby for Jason Wright. Now Ron Rivera, that's a different thing. <laughs> no, and here's why. Here's good, why. Right, no, good. here's why. Here's why. Here's yeah, why. I'm listening with you because coaches are often seen as interchangeable in the NFL. Yeah. You see. You see how many, you know, we think about coaches who've been long-standing at their job in their position. Um, there's John Harbaugh, there's Belichick, Great coaches. there's Tomlin. Yep. Right? So those are guys who probably we think are probably the most tenured coaches, right? Uh-huh. Um, in the NFL, every other coach is usually out of there after four or five years, uh-huh. right? Or if they, you know, they have a stretch where they aren't successful, don't make the playoffs for two or three years, they're gone. Yeah. So, you know, you probably, you know, you probably see uh, a new owner allow Ron Rivera to have his one year, maybe a year and a half if he's successful, maybe two years if he's successful. But if he isn't, you know, making the playoffs, getting that team um, in Super Bowl contention, you probably will see him go, let go. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, yeah, because I, your owner's gonna get the new owner is gonna get his his people right in terms of mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So that's one thing that you know fans have to kind of look at, and t- and also, and I'll throw this out to you too, Will T. What are the chances to you? And I'm sure, like to me, I agree, I, and I think I know what you're gonna say because I, I and I will agree with you. Like, what would you say if the new owner isn't like married to having a team here? Maybe the new owner wants to like relocate the team. No, that's not that's not even in consideration. Uh-huh. I don't, I've kind I don't of seen that. that. I've seen fans put put that out there on like social media. No, that's that's not a, that's not even in consideration, my brother. There will be a team in this region because it's too lucrative. Facts. If this is too lucrative of a region for you to to take away a team from, right? You got yeah. Maryland, you got DC and Virginia. You got three. Um, you got you got two states and one. Um, I don't even know what they're called. DC doesn't. It's not a state. Because they don't have voting rights, but a district rather. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, not nah, well. It's a, it's I know, man. We know, man. Right? We know, man. We know. DC, you know, DC is a, it's a, it's, a, it's the most it's the most powerful city in the world. Yeah. Right, because it's where the president. This is where all our policies are made. Exactly. 
So you're not taking the NFL team away from there. Now, what you could possibly see, what will get interesting is the lease, I believe, at FedEx Field is up in 2027. Yeah. We are in 2022. It usually takes about three years to build, two or three years, depending on um, certain variables, to, to, to build a stadium. Uh-huh. Now, with the owners, you know, now one of the, I guess, stipulations that came from that Beth Wilkinson investigation was Daniel Snyder, they, they, they um, fined the franchise $10 million. And yeah. Daniel Snyder was absolved of all responsibility day to day of running the football team, except finding a stadium deal, uh-huh. negotiating and finding a stadium deal. Now, would they want? Would the owners kick him out prior to him getting a getting a stadium, a, finding a negotiating to get a place for a new stadium? I don't know. And then you know, kind of. Letting whoever, if they want to get a new ownership in, that owner paying all of that money, then putting more money on top of it for a new stadium. I just don't think that that would, that's the most frugal move yeah. or the smartest move. Only time will tell, man. We'll see what this going, how this is all going to end up. For a lot of Washington fans, you know, everybody needs to stand Daniel Snyder driving the end. So he had, you know, if he has to get out, he got to get out, bro. People need to, they need to be cleansed of this drama. Folks, everyone needs to be cleansed of the Daniel well, Snyder. Uh, well, I mean the drama. I mean his years of owning this team. They need to be cleansed. Yeah, from. I get it. I get it. But I'll, I'll say the grass is always green on the other side. Isn't as you say? Isn't I know. Believe me, I know. That's one thing people have to kind of when you're doing your your due diligence, right? To your point, Will T. Like it, it, what you see right now, you know, and it's it, it, what you see right now is horrible. But like you said, man, you, you can you can have some jacked up situations where people are not are not even trying. Um, so it is what it yep. is. But uh, the Wizards acquired the unicorn. That's Will T's old homie. Uh, we'll talk about it after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team. The agents. You did. Deuces on Empire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com.
You are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T and myself, Wole, the homie Ray Jeezy is out, and we are part of Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com. Okay, the Wizards packaged a deal uh, with Spencer, the Wizards packaged Spencer Dinwiddie and Dallas Pertons to acquire Christoph Porzingis at the trade deadline. Probably one of the more surprising trades, right. I would say, that occurred at the deadline. Wole, does this move improve the Wizards? I think so. I like Christoph uh, Porzingis. You know, I mean, a lot of people say, like, they say, well, will he be on the court, you know, because he's always hurt. Um, I think he was trying so hard to fit in with Luka, um, but it's just, you know, and, they, you know, just he was trying to make it work so so badly. Um, but I think in this situation in Washington, I feel like he'll know himself a little bit more. He can kind of relax. Um, you're not playing with the, the the next the next big thing and Luke, you know what I'm saying you're playing with like no no knock on Bradley Bill Bradley Bill's a great play. he's a, he's a good player a good scorer but you're not playing with you know what I mean you're not playing with Luka Doncic there's so much pressure when you're playing with a guy that people compare about compare to like a LeBron James or something like that who can make his teammates better and and his clutch and can do all that and you have to kind of show up and and be that consistent number two dog right this situation you're in Washington there's no pressure. No one's looking at Washington as a team that has that guy that can potentially lead you to a championship. They're looking at, you know, this team is trying to be, we make jokes about it, right, Will T, of being, like sometimes we say a playing team or a team that can maybe reach up to a fifth, sixth seed, right? There's no pressure. Mm-hmm. So there's no pressure. I think he can be Luke. He can be Christoph Bazingas that we saw in New York if healthy. I think he can be that same guy. It's interesting. Um, so – I have a couple of thoughts on this, if you allow me to go, go, you know, kind of go down there. Go, man. go, so go down when there, I first saw When <laughs> I first saw the trade, I thought WTF. <laughs> um, because, I, no, because, and, and you know, we have, a, we have our, um, our text chain, yeah. right? our mm-hmm. group chat. My thing was, you know, yes, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the uh, Davis Pertons. Yeah signing uh-huh. um i was excited about the spencer dinwiddie signing um especially when we we got to know a little bit more about the price i think which was like three years yeah. 58 million but which I, which I still thought was a lot right uh-huh. so for you to get those two contracts off the book i thought cool good yeah but essentially um he's doing that he did the ernie grunfeld thing yeah. Which is you sign two terrible contracts, then you offload them, and we're supposed to celebrate that. We're Good. supposed to applaud you. Good point. Now, Tommy Shepard, I, I don't know you. I like some of the moves you're making, but let's not start to go down this Ernie Grunfeld path mm. of burning down, of, of lighting the fire to the house, and then want to be celebrated because you get the fire extinguisher and you put it out before you burn it all the way down. That's one. Two. I actually, you know, even though Christoph Porzingis has been often injured, and, you know, look, you know that I'm a Knicks fan, yeah. a diehard Knicks fan yeah. also. When Christoph Porzingis was used in the correct way, in my, or I'm not going to say in the correct way, but was put in a position to get the ball down on the block and not simply just be a shooter out on the wing, which he became in Dallas, because Luka Doncic is a guy who needs the ball in his hand and needs to 
um, go down, you know, kind of go off of pick and rolls and get downhill to be most effective. Getting the heart and the defense with with the ball in his hands. Um, I think there's an opportunity for him for to offense to run through him here while Bradley Bill isn't out, uh-huh. and even when Bradley Bill comes back, for him to be a guy who could play on the block. Um, Porzingis put a lot of energy into kind of developing his body from his rookie year in New York up to now. And when he's been effective, he's a guy who's been able to get points in the paint and get points outside of the paint, not just be a shooter who comes off screens or a shooter who sits in the corner like Davis Bertans was. Uh-huh. So I think there's a lot of upside to this. I'm not going to get too excited, but I think there was a lot of upside to this to this trade. All right, so I posted the same question on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So on IG, my homie Rodney said, said nah, he don't think this trade's going to make the Wizards better. Uh, um, I got a lot of people on injuries, though. Uh, my man, let me say, on uh, Twitter, at uh, Barack X Coin um, said, no, he's, al- he's always injured. My man Cameron, what's going on, Cameron, on Twitter, said, when healthy, yes, Porzingis causes mismatches with his, with his size and ability to stretch the floor. Question for you, Wole. When you think when Porzingis plays, does that mean Thomas Bryant loses his playing time? Um, to Will's point about if you want to get the best out of Porzingis, you probably want him. You want him. You mix him up. Mix him in. Mix him up in the block and also outside. Give him some variety in his game because he's better. Like Will said, in New York, he was better that way. He just wasn't shooting threes. Um, when you have a Thomas Thomas Bryant now, what he what he, what he typically does now for the Wizards, I mean for the Wizards is now he's like a stretch a stretch five, right? So he's not like a post up mm-hmm. player. So he's a di- so basically he's predicated if he wants to get a layup or you know finish, it's all predicated on screen and dive, right? So screen dive, point guard throws him a lob or two guard throws him a lob or playmaker throws him a lob for for a dunk or you know bounce pass to finish. You can do the same thing with Kristoff with Porzingis. So on, in in to be honest with you, yes, I guess his playing time could suffer for having a Porzingis. Um, I would say this, though. When you have a Porzingis, the question I would put out there is that does that hinder the development of being an, more of an impact, a possible impact player to a young guy like Rui Hachimura when you have a, a, a known commodity when healthy in a Porzingis? Um. Huh. I I think you're right. Uh, right in a lot of your assessment, but and I'm thinking back mm-hmm. right to when Porzingis was with New York, and you also had Carmelo, Carmelo and Carmelo was most effective kind of <clears throat> in the mid post yeah. with the ball in his hand, initiating the offense. Yeah. Um. The Withers don't have a, a second guy who's like, who needs the ball in the mid post and you can kind of swing it around if the double comes and then Porzingis is open for, for easy threes. Uh-huh. Um, I think it'd have to be a situation where you have to start Porzingis out on the block and then, you know, it's got to be a high-low situation. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll put it like that. I a high-low situation for it to be most effective with Thomas Bryant because it, it seems as if this team is really intent on um, the big making Thomas Bryant. Yeah, well, yeah, 
him shooting threes and him being a big part of the future of this organization. Yeah, I don't know because you know you got to. He's a seven. He's a seven footer. You got a seven footer. I'm talking about like Porzingis, who to me, Art, honestly, is probably a better post player than Thomas Bryant and shoots a three ball to better than Thomas Bryant. That means you can and he to me. I mean, Porzingis is a good defender, right? Like he's a shot blocker. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, to answer um, Cameron, I mean Cameron's question, I think as now I think about it. It, it it lowers playing time for for fives because you can use utilize him in the five position. But to Will's point, if you do want to take advantage of Porzingis, you, you play him at a four at the four. But you do, you don't have a, my issue with that is that you don't have a five that wouldn't that doesn't you know what I mean? You don't have a five, the Wits don't have a real five. They're all of them undersized anyway. You know what I mean? Like Gafford is an undersized five, but your four would be taller than would be big bigger and taller than Gafford. You dig what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. Even if you played both of them, it may not be checked the way you wanted it to be. Wanted, want, they won't be guarded the way you want them to be guarded. Now, it does give, depending on who the, the, the team you're playing against, it does give Porzingis an advantage. Um, if it, if he's if a five is checking him on the perimeter, that means he can, he's got more lateral ra- lateral quickness to get by a five, depending on who that five is. So, I mean, Porzingis, if if used correctly, is a mismatch. You know what I mean? I I will say that if used correct, correctly and if healthy, he can be a problem. I I totally believe so. Uh, my man um, Q on Twitter said he's got to play to find out. I mean, I think eventually he'll play, and we'll get to see it. I I, I think Porzingis can work. Um, I actually think you'll get to see a lot of what he has to offer. You'll get the best out of Porzingis because Bradley Beal is out for the season. If that makes any sense. Yeah, but the biggest thing will be the biggest question you'll run into the big question next year of how's it going to work with Bradley Bell and Porzingis. Yeah, I'm I'm very put it put it this way, but without creating a new storyline for for our next our next uh show any any show down the road, I'm interested to see how they really play without Bradley Bell with Porzingis and what happens if they do what if Porzingis is healthy and they do what I think they can do. What what the conversation will be for that max deal at the end of the year? That super max deal. Fair. That's fair. You know what I mean? I want to see that. All right. The LA Rams are the winners of Super Bowl 56. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the bowl after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Center. The Adrian. Yeti. Deuces on Empire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. Oh no, oh man, I just made a mess. When I run it, ain't no stopping, oh never rest. Down said hunt, kick a punt, then I make them catch. Five thousand ones in an hour, I'ma make you stretch. I just made a mess, I just made a mess. I got cash by the bundle, so I never press. I just made a mess, I just made a mess. Fifty yard TD, we do any catch. Oh no. Yes. Nice. 
rest down, say a hunt, kick a punt, then I make them catch. Five thousand ones in an hour, I'ma make it stretch. I just made a mess, I just made a mess. I got cash by the bundle, so I'll never press. I just made a mess, I just made a mess. Fifty yard TD, with the winning catch. Oh no. So I make them clap it up, clap it up, now clap it up Down and dirty on the field, make a mess and then I make them clean it up Clean it up, all the feelings, not a drill, 50 million dollar deals Yeah, we get the cap for real, I make it through the score for real Real ball of first string, gotta do it for the team Ball so hard, I call fatigue, running yards is out to leave Oh no, oh man, I just made a mess When I run it, ain't no stopping, oh, never rest Kick a plank, then I make them catch Five thousand ones in an hour, I'ma make it stretch I just made a mess, I just made a mess I got cash by the bundle, so I'll never press I just made a mess, I just made a mess Fifty yard TD, window in the case Oh no, oh no You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene With myself, Wole And Will T, the homie Ray Gigi's out And we are part of Amp Media at amppyramedia.com. We are back. Yes, Super Bowl 56 was Sunday. Um, the Los Angeles Rams defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. Wole, what are your thoughts? Oh, man, I thought it was a great game, man. Um, obviously, you know, Odell Beckham um, Jr., I felt bad for him, man. I thought he was going to go off, man. I thought he was going to put out like a a Terrell Owens performance um, like he played when he was at the Eagles in that Super Bowl where he just tore up the whole Patriots secondary. It just looked like it had that vibe early in that in that, in that that game. He had like 55 yards on two catches, had a touchdown already. Um, then you you look at – and he also reminded me of what I saw, like Julio Jones against the Patriots too. I know the Patriots are now a thing, but Julio did against the Patriots in the Super Bowl as well. He just looked like he was unstoppable because they, they were so geared on stopping – um, the Super Bowl MVP Cooper Cup, who they couldn't stop in the last drive. So I just thought that um, Odell played. Odell was going to look good, and when he went down with that knee injury, I was like, "Oh man, felt bad for the dude." But um, the Rams held held on. Uh, the Bengals played a great game. Their defense balled out. I know a lot of people have been getting on Eli Apple, like trashing him on social media because he's been talking junk to a bunch of you know. Um, Kansas City wide receivers and just throughout on social media, but dude has balled um, pretty much throughout this postseason. So I, I feel like people a little bit. I don't care. He's been talking trash, but he's been backing it up. He just got eight by he got eight by one of the best receivers in the game in Cooper Cup, um, and he he got he got got and he got, he gave the winning touchdown to Cooper Cup uh, to put him up twenty three to twenty. Um, but it was a great game. Joe Burrow has nothing to be ashamed of. Um, he's a he's a special talent, um, and you know Aaron Donald. Man, uh, I said we said I said this on Twitter, you know, and I thought it when Hakun Wan was on the show last week when he was pretty much saying the Bengals were going to win the Bengals, and I was like, nah, the Bengals got to worry about a problem, and that problem's Aaron Donald, and it's so uh, it's so poetic, right? That that la- the last play, the play that ends the game is from the best defensive player in today's NFL, you know what I mean? In Aaron Donald, and how he just kind of took over and and got his hands on on Joe Burrow and, and brought him down for that incomplete and put pressure on him so he could have that for that incomplete pass to win the game. So he was clutch. He was just, he just to me, it was an all-around great game. And I love when officials don't hinder the overall, the overall, the overall game, right? I know a lot of people are complaining about, 
oh, the last drive for LA where, um, you know, a couple penalties or whatnot. But I look, you know, we 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 all in the sports. We know what sports is about. And if you watch the the touchdown pass to Higgins, how Jalen Ramsey got his got the face mask yanked off. So uh, so Higgins, that's the way. That's the reason why Higgins called that football. It was basically a pi. We all know the referees do makeup calls, and to me, that was just a makeup call. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my thoughts. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> I look at that Super Bowl winning sideline, two coaches specifically, Sean McVay, Raheem Morris. Where were they at? <laughs> at one time? They were, they were D.C., man. Okay. That's my first point. Yeah. Um. So just – Man, it just goes to show. Callahan, you Callahan, the offense at the Callahan was who was in Cincinnati was in DC too. Yeah, yep, you're, you're absolutely right. It just goes to show you how many championship level coaches have come through that organization. They haven't been able to identify, huh. retain, and grow future star coaches. Oh That's yeah. One. Also, don't forget uh, Kevin O'Connell um, that Ron Rivera yep, decided to not Kevin keep. O'Connell. Who Robert decided and not to keep? Who did not keep as the offensive yep. coordinator? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that's the, that was my first thought. And who's subsequently going to be named the head coach yep. in Minnesota? Yes, sir. <laughs> um, that was my first thought. Uh-huh. Second thought um, was it was I, I like the flow of the game. There were there weren't too many flags called too uh-huh. many um, flags, um, but. You know, as you stated, the the Jalen Ramsey non-call, you know, depending on what um, position you're looking at, I, I actually think that um, it was a good no-call in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a bang in a bang bang sense of the moment because I know if you slow it down, you see, you know, the hand wrestling, then you see him yank his face mask. But if you're looking at that play live, both of those guys were hand wrestling trying to establish position and it seemed as if um, T. Higgins tried to disengage from Jalen Ramsey and stop on the spot uh-huh. and then when he stopped on the spot um, there there was the the, um, the pulling or the toting of the face mask but it was such bang bang play Okay. Yeah, I thought it, it was hard. I thought <laughs> that's, you know, a, that's a new one. On, I know. I thought once you saw it on replay in slow motion, yes. Yeah. It was easy to to pick up, but uh-huh. in the, you know when you're watching it live, I didn't think you know. Yeah. Um, it was that it was egregious as it was once it was slowed down. That's two. Um, three. Everyone knew that the the biggest difference maker in this game would be. Um, Cincinnati's offensive line versus that uh, Rams defense, right? Yeah. And would the Rams defense be able to create opportunities for Aaron Donald to go one-on-one against those linemen lined up at various spots along the line with Von Miller and with um, Floyd? Um, what's his name? The, the other linebacker. So we- um, well, not not Floyd. If you said Floyd, the defense and Floyd, and who was Leonard Floyd? Yeah, yeah. it's Leonard and, Floyd um, and Von Miller. Von Miller, yeah, sorry, Von Miller. Uh-huh. Um, and Raheem Morris was able to crack the code by using that overload blitz. Yeah, he's smart man. For Aaron Donald, <sighs> he a beast. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder why he didn't. Get a job? Oh, you, yeah. oh, me too. I wonder. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm doing the fourth. And then the fourth thing is we kind of knew at some point the refs were going to make an impression on the game. Uh-huh. It's just that they waited the last two minutes to make <laughs> that impression on the game with the I, and I and I do think that that um, they're all flagged, but they yeah. are penalties, though. You know that, right? They are penalties. They were penal- okay. Yes, they were penalties. Okay, but we knew that the refs would be involved in the game in some way. Yeah. For the first three quarters, they really weren't. First yeah. four, the first four and a half quarters, they yeah, they weren't four, doing nothing. The they weren't throwing no flags. Four and a half, yeah. yeah. No flags, and then the last two minutes, those were penalties, which they correctly called. So uh-huh. it was an interesting game. It's an exciting game. Like you wanted it a very close, like I wanted it a very close game. Uh-huh. It wasn't a blowout um, because I know I remember that um, that Seattle Denver. Oh my god, bro! Oh, yes, the worst blowout. Oh my god, blowout. it was terrible. Yes, you had a great halftime show. Oh my god, amazing halftime! Can we show. talk about that real quick? Had an amazing game. Can we talk Absolutely. about all right? All right, halftime show, and I do want to say this, like. Your thoughts on a halftime show, and this is my opinion. No, what I'm gonna start. What were your thoughts on a halftime show? I'm gonna start with there. What were your thoughts on a halftime show? I thought it was a great show. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it had something for everyone. Yeah. It had something, you know, for people who were like into pop. Eminem, even uh-huh. though Eminem is a a very respected theater lyricist, uh-huh. so you had that pop element with him, and then one of the biggest songs ever with um, Fifty Cent in the club. <laughs> Why he look so big in that thing? Though? Why he look bloated? What's wrong? With hey man, Fifty gave me confidence because I'm not in shape now. And you know, once summer comes, baby, I don't care if I'm not in shape or not. I'm busting out the white teeth. Hey, bro. <laughs> but we, let me say this about Fifty though, because this is like I know people have been getting on. I don't get on Fifty. I just I call it something else. My dad told me this like a while back when I used to tell him like you gaining weight, and he would tell me, you know what? That's evidence of good living. Like, that's evidence of good living. Like, power done this man good, man. Like, nobody can talk crap about 50. That's evidence of good living. Like, that man is making money moves, bro. Like, that's a money move. Like, that body is a money moves body, bro. Don't get it twisted. Like, that man. That is the ultimate. I'm confident. I'm confident. You going hey, look. You, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn what you say. And stars got me, and you watching me. So shut the f up. That that's the type of move that is. I'm I, I I understood it when I saw him. I was like, oh yo, fifty eating good. That's that evidence of good living stuff. I feel honest, you, bro. When I first saw it, like when I first saw him, I was like, who the fuck? I, was, <laughs> I know, right? At first, like, yeah. Then, then I was like, I was like, oh damn, that's fifty. <laughs> that's real though, bro. That's real. When I saw, I was like. Yo, that's money moves right there. But yeah, my bag. We always had to had to say that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that that's true. That's absolutely true. What you what you said. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, damn, that's fifty. But he he rocked it. He killed it. He did. So I think it had something. For, yeah, uh-huh. I think I, I think it was. They had something for everyone. Yeah, it was a great show, man. Um, I'm like, I'm with you. Um, I know everybody was like, I had some people getting on me when I said like. I said the show was perfect. It was great. It was like the one of the best halftime shows I've ever seen. Um, but I was like, dang. Because when Dre hit the little piano, he hit 
Pac, I thought the Pac hologram was going to come on. You know what I mean? I, I did too. All right, I so thought, I thought that was going to take it over. The me top too. See, all right, so, so Will, you wanted that, right? You, I'm not in yeah, like. Thank you, bro. Like folks was hating on me, saying like, "Nah, it was good as is." I'm like, "Yo, the Pac hologram would have put it over the top. Like it would have put it the over Pac the top." Hologram in in L.A. Come on, man. Yeah. I, what? I actually thought I thought Q would be Q would be out there too, but I guess that's too much. Yeah, that's that's too, once I saw fifty, I was like, uh, I think that's, that's too that's much. Going, yeah, Mary J killed it too. Like Mary J killed it too. Like she killed it. That's she dope. Did. Yeah, she, she killed it, man. She like it was a great show, man. It really was. I and I will say this before we get back to football. Um, I feel like as a whole, like this is the thing. Maybe see, tell me if you agree with me. Um, and I don't know how many commercials you watch too, right? But as a whole, within production, the game. The halftime show, commercials, it may be the best Super Bowl I've seen ever. Visually. Visually, visually yes. right? You feel you feeling me when yeah, I'm saying that? I, I, I totally all right, agree with all right, because all right. the, the sound the, the sound of you know, the sound of, for the halftime show was amazing. Yeah. Like you heard the artist and you didn't hear a lot of the background noise of the crowd. Yeah. That's one. Two I think the cameras that they use Man, to on point. shoot the, you know, if you it, it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It just visually it just popped. Yeah. And then three, the background just like SoFi Stadium. Man, I listen. I'm not an advocate of having the Super Bowl the same place every year. Yeah. Because I think you need to celebrate the other all 32 cities. You know. Yeah. Um, where where the sport is played, mm-hmm. but. It being there every three years, every five years, I don't think would be a bad thing for the NFL. Hey, you know who was there, right? Who? My brother. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was there. King guy was there? He was there. It was, it, and with good seats. Sweet seats. Got to meet some oh, celebrities. Got to meet some set labs. How did you pull that off? <laughs> Work, man. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Work, man. Celebs, man. He got the he got the he got a great experience, man. But I I, I had to I have to talk to him later tonight just to get the overall um I would experience. love to, I would love to have King Isle come on next week and give us his experience. You know what we can do that. I, yeah, we can do that. We got time. I know Ray got a guest for for next week, um, like for Howard. But I think I'm I would love to have him on too to talk about it. You know what I mean? I think yeah, see if we can get that you know, give us his first Actually, you know what? I would love to get him on now. See if I can get him off before we end the show. Let's see. You know, we got yeah, we'll, some time. We'll keep, talk, we'll we'll keep, keep talking. talking. And, you know, if you can see if you can get him on, man. So I would love to hear um, from his from his um, perspective. Yeah. How were the, you know how was it an experience? Yeah, um, how was, well, or for you, so, you know, this question's been thrown out there right now about Matthew Stafford. He has his first ring. He's been in the league for 13 years. Stats are, you know, pretty good. Um, do you think Matthew Stafford is, is a no. Hall of Famer? Okay. You, my man, hit me with the hell no. All right, why? All right, why? Come on, elaborate. Well, look, what, okay, Matthew Stafford, when we think of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, right, mm-hmm. and it's like Richard Sherman said, if we're going to give Matthew Stafford the, Hall of Fame, then it becomes the, the, let's be honest, it becomes the Hall of sl- slightly above average. 
Yeah, but I mean, what? Matthew Stafford yeah. has compiled some stats, but yeah. have those stats led to winning? But this is the thing. You know? I think Richard Sherman is looking. Okay, so this is the thing, which I do get what Richard Sherman is talking about. But it also, everything's with you got to look at what it comes with. All right, for Matthew Stafford was in like Detroit, and that sucks. And like that organization wasn't helping him to win games. And he even took that team to a postseason and competed prior to get, I mean, pr- prior to like the last couple of years to be a, a playoff team with. No lack of talent ever since um, Megatron left. So he's had like good seasons and has been productive, has been good. Um, it's like, for, for instance, all right, let's, I'm going to use just Richard Sherman as an example. Is Richard Sherman the same Richard Sherman without Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor? No. So, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. And he's a Hall of Famer, right? But, but, yes, but he, over a period of time, uh huh. Was one of was part of one of the one best, of the most feared, great defenses. Uh huh. And at a point of time, there was it was arguably uh-huh. the you best. Could argue he the be- was the best corner. No, I don't argue that. And I, my thing, so, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I don't want to jump. Go ahead. And then I'm going to follow up. I'm, then I'm going to follow up with this. I think the one stat that we kind of universally. Well, now we're kind of looking at as kind of the barometer of what's a good quarterback is. Was championships? No, there uh-huh. are two stats: completion, yeah. even though completion percentages are inflated, and uh-huh. rating, quarterback rating. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. This year was Matthew Stafford's only his second year of having a quarterback rating of a hundred or better. Good point. Throughout his career, uh-huh. right? He's had some nineties, which is bad. Part, no, which isn't bad at all. But in today's era of football, when we think of the best quarterbacks, what do we think of? A completion rate above 65, rating over at 100 or or better, yeah. right? And that, that 100 rating, when we think of quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, is probably like five to seven years consistent. Yeah, I would like to see him compared to like his stats compared to a Big Ben, um, like Eli, or Eli, who everyone thinks is a Hall of Famer, um, because those dudes to me have flaws too. You know what I mean? But they won Super Bowls, right? There's multiple Super Bowls, right? So, but that's gonna put him over the top to a lot of people. Like Eli's, like we 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 also can include like being clutch. Matthew Stafford, if you look at his stats, is one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the NFL. That's true. You know what I mean? That's so it's just like, and for a lot of quarterbacks, that's kind of gotten them over the top. And I know we're in a different era. Um, you can argue. And I've always said this. You can make the argument, like, you can look at Troy Aikman. He has multiple championships. but And it's it's a different era. But even within his era, right, his stats aren't the best stats in the world. Even with his in his own era. But he's a Super Bowl. He's no, a I, Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I challenge anyone to look at um, – Donovan McNabb's yes. versus there you um, go. John Elway's. Yes. Look at, look at some stats. Troy, yeah, look at Donovan. Look at, I would challenge you to say look at Randall Cunningham's. I'll even go look at Randall Cunningham's stats. There's no rings, but look at them. Compared to some of the dudes in the 90s that you fall in love with that are Hall of Famers. So, I mean, yeah, but... It depends. I, I see what Richard Sherman's coming from. I'm not arguing with it. But I do think that quarterbacks get a little bit of a, 
a pick me up when it comes to Hall of Fame because when they win a championship, and if their stats are a certain number, they reach a certain number, they're in. And I feel like it's been like that for years, though. Because yeah, Eli, because Eli, to your point, Will T, in terms like Eli has playoff runs, correct? They're not yeah. season dominance. They're playoff runs. They're not season dominance. You know what I mean? So, but he's going to get rewarded for playoff dominance, for playoff runs. Excuse me, playoff runs. It's not like you know his if it, like put, put if Eli if Peyton Manning had Eli's playoffs, Peyton Manning would be like the goat. <laughs> so it's just but he, but Peyton is dominant in the regular season. It's just it's real. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, no, I agree. Like if you look at, if, I don't think there's, you know, because of where Eli Manning played, he got two championships in New York, which people are going to say is the hardest market, um, the hardest fan base, and you know the the nostalgia of New York football. They're going to automatically put him in there, right? Yeah. And you look at Eli Manning's stats, and you think of Super Bowl, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like you said, Eli Manning had two amazing Super Bowl runs, which was aided by a defense. Yes, that's that you too. Know, you can't necessarily <laughs> say Eli Manning was the reason that they won, although, you know, the play that he made against the Patriots uh-huh. to um, – to what's my man's name? Um, to David, who's Tyrell? David Tyrell? David, David Tyree. Yeah, Tyree. Um, was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, David Tyree, and then that pass to Plexico. Yep, and he had one to Mario Manningham, too. Uh, was a good pass. Yeah. yeah, and another Super Bowl. Yeah. So, so those moments right there are going to kind of propel him in people's mind to being a um, Hall of Fame quarterback. Definitely. So, all right, real, another question for you, Will. Um, the Bengals, great run for the Bengals. I'm, I'm going to give the Bengals their flowers. Um, they had a great run. Um, they did with a lot of people. A lot of folks didn't expect them to get to this level. Um, their quarterback tore his ACL the prior year, and he's done this, right? So do you think – do can you see them getting back to the big game? With that quarterback and that wide receiver, absolutely. Wide receivers. He's going to make a – yeah, wide receiver. <laughs> that all you know the the the, the guys in, in the in those um those prime skill positions mm-hmm. in the offense: Burrow, Mixon, mm. Higgins, Chase. That's a form. That's a form of formidable um trio to try to stop. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, at the skill position, and then Joe Burrow's, you know, an amazing quarterback. Uh huh. So absolutely, but first you got to build that offensive lineup around him. And the second thing is you need to get some more depth, um, more weapons, right? Yeah. So you can't just key on Higgins and um, and Chase. Yeah, I think that they have, like to your point, man. I think that, like, I think they're show. I think that they can definitely get back. Um, they they got to show up their old that old line, uh, that quarter, so he can survive. <laughs> Uh, because what we saw was, was 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 horrible. I mean, but again, he was going against one of the better uh, one of the better um, defensive lines in, in football, right? Um, and what we saw in the L.A. Rams, but it's been that's been a problem all year. It was a problem against the Titans in the postseason um, in the, the the divisional game, 
and we saw it, you know, rear its ugly head against the Rams. But it, they can definitely get back. But it will be it will be harder, right, in the a, in the AFC because there's so many dogs in terms of quarterbacks in the AFC that he's going to have to battle, and the young dogs too, man. Uh, we talked about this about them on this show um, with you know, um, you got uh, Herbert, you got Burrow, you got Mahomes. I mean, you got Mahomes. Excuse me. You you have. Um, I'm trying to hold up my feet. I'm sorry, you got the bill. You got Josh Allen. There are so many dogs out there that you know it's competition, man. And and you know he's just and, and Lamar Jackson. How can I forget about Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. Um, there's so much comp, so many, so much competition to a point where it can, it can't be like that every year. You know what I'm saying? But to your point, though, he has a lot of talent in the skill positions. Um, so. It's gonna to be tough, but they got the they got the skill set and the, the defense. I think the defensive core they got a defensive coordinator, a great scheme, and guys who are willing to compete and fight. Um, and you saw that in the postseason on on IG old school underscore seventy seventy six said, and this is about Matthew Stafford and the Bengals said, no Stafford is not in the Hall of Fame quarterback. He showed he showed nothing. Still looked like the true quarterback from the Lions with the picks and the, and and the way he played. Uh, Darnold was the reason why the, the I mean, I guess Aaron Don, Aaron Donald was the reason why the Rams won. If not that last stop, the Bengals would have sent it to overtime. Yeah. I mean, that's a little extreme. You know, um, I mean, it's a little extreme. Yeah. I thought he played well. I mean, the two interceptions were bad. I think. I think. Look, he he made some bad passes, which most quarterbacks are going to make. Yes. During the course of a game, especially a big game. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Did he play terrible? No. Um, did he make the play when he needed where it was most important? Absolutely. Uh-huh. That that pass to Cooper Cup was it's a good pass. Perfection. Yeah. It, like, that's something you could tell that they practiced. They put in a lot of time over these months that they've been together. Facts. Because he placed that ball perfect. It's, it was near the only Cooper Cup could exactly. get it on his back shoulder. And they said that that he only they typically run that play only for Odell. They don't usually run that for a Cooper Cup. You know what I yep. mean? So I mean, I'm with you, Will. I think that he played well. I think he it was deaf to me. He he did his job. I thought he had a good game. I felt like he pressed a little a lot when Odell went down. I think that bomb that he threw for that interception in the back of the end zone was like, you know what? We need. I mean, he, Jefferson, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to make a play. I would say that I didn't like, you know. If you look, if you compare, all right, we talk. I talked about Higgins with the offensive pass interference. I mean, yeah, Higgins with the offensive pass interference on Jamin, on um, on uh, Jalen Ramsey. How he fought, but he fought back for the ball because it wasn't like the ball was on stride. He fought back and, and, and made a play, pass interference or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but on the bomb, on the play to Jefferson, on the interception, the first interception that that um, Stafford threw. He didn't fight back for the football. If you watched it, he didn't fight back for that ball in the back of the end zone. He didn't fight back. He just let it happen. And in the, in the second interception, that Notre Dame wide receiver, the rookie, he's trash. I'm sorry. Like, dude put I'm one hand out. He's trash, bro. Like, he's trash. Like, he's not good. And he's the same dude that dropped that easy bomb, I think, in the in the NFC Championship game. Like, it was a bomb yeah. he dropped. Like, yeah, he he should not. Sean, Sean McVay, you, I mean, in your team, he shouldn't get in playing time. Like, don't do that. Like, don't do that. It's that that wasn't a good look. But anyway, it's time to close the show out. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on our IG page, which is at Urban Sports Scene. And check us out on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. And this show can be found on 
Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. Thank you all for tuning in to the Urban Sports Scene. Will, T, and I appreciate you. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega Leaders out, big homie.